Welcome to the second week of The Greatest Gift. I love Christmas time. I love everything about it. I love the weather. I love the kind of gloomy cloudiness. I love how cold it gets. But I especially love waiting for Christmas morning because there's something just so hopeful and joyful in the expectation of what's to come. I don't have little bitty kids anymore, but my kids are still young enough that they look forward to Christmas mornings, and I remember that as well. And my hope for us is that there's an expectation in our heart that God is going to do something before the end of this year in our lives, and that we have faith for the future that he has for us. And this whole story of Jesus, and and we see in Luke and in Matthew, where we're looking today, We see the creator of the universe sending his son to break the curse of sin so that we can have life. I pray that there's an expectation on you that you know God's going to do something. Last week, we talked about the making of a miracle and how it always begins with God and we're to trust his promises. We're not try and make it happen in our timing. We have to to be patient, understand his timing, but trust his word because every miracle comes from him. But it continues with us because we have an active part in a miracle through our expectation and our actions. We have to be willing to choose God's way and not our own. And the end of every miracle is transformation. And the miracle that Mary experienced. It certainly began with God. In fact, we read last week out of Luke chapter 1 where Gabriel appears and he says, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think whether he could talk what he was talking about. Don't be afraid, Mary, for you found favor with God. You'll conceive and give birth to a son, and you'll name him Jesus. He'll be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And that's great, but boy, talk about a miracle beginning with God, and you have to understand his timing and his way and trust his promises, because that's really really, that was, that was a big thing. You know, last week we talked about the making of a miracle. This week we're talking about a miracle in the making. There's a fundamental difference because last week was miracles begin with God and we have our role. It ends in transformation. This week we're kind of talking about the middle, which is our role. When we find ourselves in the middle of a miracle, I mean, we think that miracles are often just like, they just happen. Well, there's a process to it. And the first point that I want us to look at today is in the making of a miracle. We saw last week about how that's, that's God and us, it ends in transformation. But a miracle in the making, from our perspective, it's always going to take you out of your comfort zone. Unexpectedly, Mary had this visitation from Gabriel, an angel, Greetings, favored woman of God. The Lord is with you. She's like, what's going on? I have no idea. You're going to have a kid. Whoa, wait a minute. I'm a virgin. I'm not married. How can that happen? Talk about uncomfortable. In Matthew chapter 1, this is what we see. Verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Talk about uncomfortable. Well, Mary, um, 
you, what the, you look like maybe you're pregnant. Oh, I am, but I'm a virgin. I, yeah, oh, I'm not married. No, that that's 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 uncomfortable. She wasn't married. She's still a virgin. She has to tell people this. More importantly, she has to tell her fiance that she is pregnant. That is not that cannot have been a comfortable conversation. And yet God was at work in all of this. See, because sometimes the miracle that God has for us, we have to walk through a season of extreme discomfort to get to the place where we see the redemptive hand and the miracle of God that is waiting for us on the other side of our faithfulness, faithfulness to embrace the pain and the problems and the difficulties of where we are. Because a miracle in the making will always take you out of your comfort zone. Because God's more concerned with growing you through the problems and the pain than he is than just putting you in the place that you're not ready for. He will take you through the valley of the shadow of death. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to fear evil. But he'll take you through that valley of the shadow of death before he leads you to the place where it's a nice green pasture where you can lie down. That's Psalms 23. So I want you to understand that everybody's, I want a miracle. I'm looking for my miracle. Lord, I want my miracle. Do you really? Because I find that many people just want magic. They're like, I want it now with no cost to me, no difficulty, no discomfort. I've had enough. I just want to be on the other side over here. I want to get this mountain out of the way. Well, God has a way of getting mountains out of the way. I know because I climb mountains. I love backpacking. I love hiking. I love summiting mountains. But you know what I found? You can get the mountain out of the way, but you got to get over that thing. And God will oftentimes supernaturally move us from one mountain range to another, and yet somehow we still have to walk uphill for a good portion of that. Massive miracle. God at work. You're pregnant. That, that was it. Like, hey, you're going to have a baby. She still had to tell people, I'm pregnant. You're what? Just remember, the penalty at this time for sex outside of marriage, biblically, under Old Testament law, you were stoned to death. This is not fun. Mary was confused and disturbed when Gabriel just showed up and started speaking, but now she has to tell people why she has this baby bump. She has to tell Joseph, because it's uncomfortable. And it's at that point she had a choice. Am I going to trust God? Am I going to continue in his word on on the journey he has for me? Or am I going to quit and run? Let's read on. Before the marriage took place, verse 18, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Understandable, that's a, that's a tough situation. He had a choice to make as well, because he could have just said, this chick's crazy, and I peace out, y'all deal with her because she's trying to get me killed, but he didn't. He had his own journey. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, now he has his own encounter with God. The angel said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She'll have a son, and you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He had his own miracle. 
miracle of faithfulness and trusting God's word and that Mary wasn't crazy. It really was God at work. But this is, this is a situation that would have been so, so difficult. In our cultural context, it can still be difficult. But in this context, the consequences could have been fatal. Are you willing to trust God when it's difficult? Because a miracle in the making will always test your faith. Are you going to trust God or are you just going to run the other way? What are you going to do? But I love verse the next verse, verse 22. It said, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And for generations, this verse had been read in relationship to the coming Messiah. For generations, this verse out of Isaiah chapter 7, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. You see, it's one thing to read about God moving and a miracle taking place. It's another to experience it because when you're in the middle of it, when you're in the miracle that's in the making, that is very difficult because now they're in the position, both Mary and Joseph, okay, we see God at work and it looks like we are the ones that are chosen to fulfill this, this passage of scripture, God's word, but it is so hard for Really, for generations, Jews were, were, were anxiously waiting for this to happen, for the virgin to conceive a child. But when the virgin conceived the child, her own fiance was like, no, nah, you out, baby. I'm not going to have you killed, but like you got to go over there until God shows up. Because the discomfort can be so intense when we are trusting and following God in the miracle that is in the making that many people just choose to run. Oh, this can't be God. This is crazy. But it is. We just have to know the voice of God in our life. So that asks the question, how do you know the voice of God? How do you know the voice of God? There's three simple things that I just like to put on repeat. And the first is this, that the voice of God will never act in contradiction to the word of God. The Bible's our starting point. It's also the primary way that God speaks to us. But you may sense that God is calling you to, and it seems crazy, bounce it off the word of God. That's the first thing. This is our guide. It's scripture and sacred for a reason because it's God's letter to you. I've used this example before. God God called us to, to move to Lake Charles, but nowhere was the word Lake Charles in Scripture. So how did we know? We started praying. We started seeking God. I got into the Bible and just illuminated, jumped off the pages to me was Isaiah 58, 12. Those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins, you'll raise up the age-old foundations. You'll be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets in which to dwell. And when I read that, 
I knew that was what God had spoken in confirmation to what he had called us to in the miracle of me going to the one city that I said, I'll never go there. God send me anywhere else on the face of the earth. Just never send me to Lake Charles. And yet it was his word that brought peace, comfort, and confirmation. Philippians 4, 6 through 8 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in all things with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You see, when God speaks something that's difficult, that's hard, like, uh, yeah, you're, you're not married, you're a virgin, you're going to have a kid, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit that's coming on you and the child is going to be the Messiah. And then to Joseph, you're pregnant. Um, his first thought had to be like, who you cheated with, girl? Had to be. He's human. And he's like, oh, yeah, we're breaking this off. And then God shows up and speaks to him. And yet here we see in this passage where he was planning on putting Mary away. He has an angelic visitation. But what solidifies it, here we see, for us, all of this, that's a lot of this. I, I, I don't know if you can see it, but I like circled it and underscored it and highlighted this, all of this, because in the middle middle of a miracle, in the making of a miracle, there's also a big mess. But in all, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, and it brings it back to the word of the Lord. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she'll give birth, they'll be called him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Because understanding and knowing the voice of God is you have to go to the Word of God. The second thing is the witness of the Holy Spirit. That means the the very Spirit of God speaks to you. They had an angelic visitation. I've never had that. I've never heard the audible voice of God, but I know that God speaks, and I go back to the Word of God. I go to the witness of the Holy Spirit. God will speak also through wise counsel. Those are the three ways that God will speak to us, through wise counsel, through the Holy Spirit putting something on our heart. But we should go to the Word of God. It's the Word of God. There's a witness of the Holy Spirit. There's wise counsel. But it is, we just keep going back and back and knowing that the Word of God in this Bible, if it's truly from the Lord, it'll never contradict what the Holy Spirit's spoken to you. That wise counsel, bounce it off. Word of God, the witness of the Holy Spirit, wise counsel. But it's cyclical. Once you get a witness of the Holy Spirit, go back to the Word. Seek wise counsel. Once you get wise counsel, go back to the Word. Get a witness from the Holy Spirit. Like This is how we hear from the Lord. And so my prayer for you is that you understand that in the mess, in the all of this, that God may very well be at work in a miraculous way in your life. You may be walking into the season of the greatest gift you've ever known outside of salvation and maybe your spouse if you're married and hopefully have a good marriage, that you're about to walk in all of that. We hate the mess so much. I do. I don't like the mess. We've been in, I've been in the mess for the last three years. Like, there's been so much mess. But in the mess was the birth of the Messiah. I hope you can see that.
a miracle in the way making. It takes you out of your comfort zone. Here's what you got to get. The second thing, it's way bigger than you. It's way bigger than you. Mary and Joseph were worried about how do we tell people? How do we deal with this? I'm pregnant. You're engaged to me. We're not married. I've never been with a man. How do we handle this? But they went. They went on faith and trust in God's word because it was bigger than them. Here's the third thing. How do we handle ourselves in a miracle in the making? We have to know it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's bigger than us. But that miracle is activated by faith, by faith in two particular areas, our words and our deeds. Proverbs 18.20 says this, with the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips. Jesus says this, and we see it twice in the Gospels, from an overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. When you're in the middle of the mess, it's easy to speak about that mess rather than to it. It's easy to go, this is terrible, this is horrible, I, and then you start speaking what you feel. I'm never going to get out of this. My goodness, you need to shut up. Are you speaking about your mess? Are you speaking God's truth about the season that's to come? Are you speaking to the mess? It may be a mess now, but I know that God's at work because faith is activated by the word of God in our life that Romans 8, 28, I know all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So Lord, I know this. I'm called to your purpose. I love you. And this, I'm in the middle of all of this, all of this. I'm going to go back to verse 22 of Matthew 1. All of this occurred to fulfill God's word. All of this will be turned around for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So stop speaking the lies of the enemy that say, this is never going to get better. It's never going to end. This is not God's purpose and plan for you. You have to know that a miracle in the making is going to take you out of your comfort zone and it's bigger than you, but you have to speak faith and you have to act in faith. Those are two trust areas. Lord, I trust you so much that in spite of how I feel about the craziness that I'm going through, I'm only going to speak your truth, your words of life. The power of death and life are in the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. If we love the tongue, we're going to recognize that our flesh will always speak death first. That's why it's the power of death First, death and life are in the tongue. The power of death and life are in the tongue. So many times people will quote it, the power of life and death are in the tongue. No, it doesn't say that. It says the power of death and life are in the tongue. And those who love it, love what? Love the tongue. They'll eat its fruit. So if we love the power that is in what we speak, do you know that over 80% of incarcerated people were told repeatedly growing up, you're so bad, you're going to end up in prison because words are powerful. If you don't think they're powerful, all you have to do is, is speak death to yourself. You know they're powerful because some of you are dealing with horrific things about yourself that you hate because you've spoken that. You've allowed the lie of the enemy spoken in somebody else first to you, or you've internalized, and you've internalized that, or you've spoken death over yourself. So we deal with tremendous insecurity, fear, doubt. We're plagued with, with, with sorrow and pain because of what we've spoken. Why? Because it's contrary to God's word. A miracle in the making, it's going to take you out of, its, out of your comfort zone, but it's bigger than you. 
So let faith rise up in you. That miracle is activated when you begin to speak the truth of God's word about who you are. First, really, who he is, that he's a good God. All things, that discomfort, that all, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That you, you say, Yes, I'm uncomfortable, but I believe this is bigger than me, God. Your words activating faith. You put on praise music. You speak the truth of God. I know that in this situation, you're going to be big. I'm trusting you and following you. And then your deeds. Luke 1.38. Oh, my. Luke 1.38. I love this. The angels just finished speaking to her and say, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. He says, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. The angel says, for the word of God will never fail. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come, uh, come true. And then the angel left her. Wow. It's huge. May everything you say come true. In Matthew 1, 24 and 25, it says this, When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he didn't have sexual relationships with her until this, her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Words and deeds. After Gabriel appear, appears to Mary, she's like, may everything you say come true. She received it and she began to speak it. After Joseph had an interaction with the same angel, he gets up and he does what the Lord commanded him to do. A miracle in the making. Out of your comfort zone, miserable perhaps, but you have to know it's bigger than you. And you have to let faith rise up in you by the words that you speak and the obedience in your deeds to the truth of God's word for you. May your faith overcome the perception of what other people will think about you. May your faith overcome your own insecurity so that you can stand on the security of God's word. And may you know that God is with you. My prayer for you is that in this series, you can see that God has a great gift already given to you in Jesus. And when you follow him, like Mary, like Joseph, there's going to be miracles that do come your way, but it will often take you out of your comfort zone because it's bigger than you, because a miracle that God has for you is not even primarily for you. But you play a central role in trusting God and having faith. And you'll know that you're operating in faith by the words that you speak and the deeds that you do in faith. So Father, I just pray right now that faith rises up in us, that we can trust you for a miracle. We're expecting you to use us to see your kingdom come and your will done in this earth, that we can, we can take the light and the life of Christ that has transformed us. And through us, Lord, we see people come to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. God bless. See you soon.